0: for joining us for our second episode of Level Up, the podcast for marketers by marketers created by Lev, that distills best practices and strategies focused on helping marketers increase their experience, one-up their strategy, and grow personally and professionally. If you missed our first episode, shame on you, Um, but you should really consider catching up because you'll get an introduction to all of our great Level Up hosts. Um, I am Laura Madden, one of your hosts, and I am the Senior Manager of Marketing Strategy and Services here at LEV, and
1: I am joined by the lovely Jordan Krause. Hey there, Jordan. Hey, I'm Jordan. I am the Client Success Partner here at LEV. So I think when we were preparing for this episode of What's In and Out, I was originally talking to Laura about some of the fashion trends that maybe were out before that are coming back now. One of them being, which I think is, I think some of these we know, like bell bottoms, we've heard about coming back and straight leg pants. But the most recent and maybe most egregious trend I've seen come back <laughs> is the hair poof, where you just take that front section of your hair and pull it back into a little mm-hmm. poof. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can- And wasn't there...
0: So there's like there's tools that go with it, right? There's like a teasing comb, which like sometimes I can get behind if you need, you need a little bit of volume. But what, not oh, it was a bump it, bump it, right? The
1: bump it, bump yep. it
0: that you would like put under there, and it's just like very Jersey Shore. Like I'm getting flashbacks to that. Like that's a great I don't know. Moment history. Yeah, but, like, it needs to stay in history. I think, like, I'm, like, that's cool with me. I'm all about, like, if you need to do a little, like, pin up and, like, get just a couple, like, some bobby pins and, like, pin your hair back. Maybe it's on, like, day two of a, of your wash or something. But, like, I don't need, I don't need to bump it.
1: Um, yeah. Also, I, c- clock claw clips have been back in style. Claw clips was, like, yeah. something my mom used to have. I remember growing uh-huh. up, like, in the 90s. And now. Yeah. This is a full fashion trend.
0: Oh my gosh, Jordan! I mean, you guys can't see this, but she like had a clock left. Like she's got visual aids.
1: You yeah, know, I've been using. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm. I'm not like a prop comic. I've actually have one because I'm very, <laughs> very uh, in fashion. Right.
0: I was gonna say I use it, but like not for fashion. I literally use it to like. Pull my hair back when I'm washing my face so I don't get the, you know, lines from a ponytail holder or whatever. But like, I don't use it out and about or like at the pool. I don't know. That's, that's, that's probably a lot more respectable. Than... <laughs> I mean, that, that's me, respectable always. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, we could go on and on, obviously, about fashion trends. But that's not why you guys are here. You guys are here to hear about marketing, but we're still gonna put a spin on it because when we talked about In and Out, Jordan and I could not help but go the RuPaul's drag race way of Shantae, you stay and Sachet away. So if something is in, it's Shantae, you stay. And if it's out, Sachet away. So we're still gonna lighten it up a little bit. And (laughs) even as we were talking about all of this and figuring out you know the, the endless combinations of of things that are in and out for 2023 the common thread that we found is that really what's out is working harder and what's in is working smarter so that age-old idea of work smarter not harder and that really felt like the common thread throughout, all of these topics that we were talking about. So with that, I'll start us off with our first one. So the sachet away that needs to be out is the idea of just kind of operating with business as usual, rinse and repeat. What did we do last year? Let's do it again this year. Like we're just, we're gonna be scared to try new things because change is hard. I get changes real hard maybe why some of us are using those claw clips like forever, right? Like it's what I know. I just I don't want to change, right? But what we need to think about being in and Shantae, you stay is assessing and optimizing and finding those things that are the most impactful, whether it's a channel that you're going after. Maybe there's a channel that doesn't serve you anymore. You guys, if you heard my intro, you know, I love emails never going to tell you to to not do email because there's always a, a way to leverage that. But maybe it's not for your whole audience. Maybe it's just a certain audience. How do we know that? Test into it. It's okay. And especially with the changing economy and just the world is changing so much, what you've done, what you did last month might not even work, let alone what you did last year. So don't be afraid to try out those new things and test and learn. And Jordan, I know you see this with your clients all the time of kind of helping them get over that hump. So curious to to hear your take on that.
1: I think it's, I think we were talking a little bit about the way that marketers are incented. I was listening to a Marketing Millennials podcast and they were talking about how um, the the phrase is, uh, you never get fired for hiring IBM. And what that means is that, like, there's very little risk in doing the same things that you've always done, and maybe even job security, in being able to tie a lot of the logic to why you've made those decisions. Even Tyler in our last podcast, when he was talking about people make emotional decisions, and then rationalize them um, with uh, objective, you know, facts. So I I think the thing is, like, you're If you're not testing and you're just doing the same things that you always have, maybe there isn't a lot of risk in doing that, but there certainly is not a lot of reward. And in this economy where we have very little resources and budgets are getting tighter, we just like can't afford to keep doing the same things that we've always done.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And thinking about it from the client perspective and the marketer's perspective, it's like they're, you know, we we're typically working with them of how can we make you look good to your C-suite or your boss or your boss's boss of like, that's why we're here. We want to help you. We want to make you look good. But on their side, they're like, I don't want to mess up. I, I don't want to take this risk and it goes south and then mm-hmm. it'd be all on me. So like totally, like it's, it's, it's very tough. And I think we'll, we'll talk about this later, but that's why you want to have good partners with you that will help support you in taking those risks. Cause it's scary and nobody wants to do it alone and you shouldn't have to do it alone. Um, and that's why there's great consultants like live. Um, to help you do that. (laughs) Am I a salesperson now? I don't even know. I don't know. It just happened. Okay. So when we're talking about testing and not being scared to try new things or maybe not depending on the things that you've always, you know, have served you in the past, one of those things that a lot of marketers have really leaned heavily on is third-party data. It's there. It's dependable. It's something that I can count on. Well, but we know in 2023 or whenever they decide to make it fully go away, that we're not going to be able to be as reliant on third-party data. And you really need to focus on um, first-party data and figuring out how do I get that? How do I know if it's reliable or not? How do I test into that? So, That's our next topic of kind of third party being out, quite literally, of it like not being available in the future and really focusing more on that first party data. First party data is great too because you own it. Like it's yours, it's what you know about your customers. It's really hard to have that taken away. Um, And you can own that customer relationship even better um, when you own that data. So that's something that. We find really, really important. That's a positive that's come out of the necessity of moving away from that third-party data. Jordan is like nodding her head off.
1: I'm I think. like, absolutely. <laughs> I can't agree. I can't agree more. I was just sharing this article I read the other day that said third-party data is the hot dog meat of data because you don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't really know what's in it. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting. It's obviously Uh-oh. low quality, and that oh, like boy. just sticks in my mind. Um, so even in my notes here, I have, this is so yesterday, third party data, if you're using third party data, which I know a lot of clients still are, um, it, if you should have a plan by now to phase out that third party data, but more than that, that doesn't mean that inferring preferences goes away. It just changes the information that you're going to use to infer those preferences. So start with your first party data. Um, start the conversation with your customers on what their preferences are. Build a strategy to collect those preferences over time so you can learn more about them. But then also have a plan of action for how you're going to use the information that you're collecting from from your users. Like a a marketing term that's floating around right now is zero-party data. The the definition of zero-party data is essentially just users, customers who give you information knowing that you're going to use it for personalization. So first party data might be like your email address, your first and last name, your physical address. Zero party data would be like your favorite color, the type of, like if you have oily or dry skin, if you have brown hair or blonde hair, like it could be something where you're looking for preferences to specifically come out of the information that you're providing. And in a world where consumers are demanding personalization, the, this two-way relationship of a customer telling you what you want and then you delivering what they want is super critical to customer loyalty. Um, and again, this kind of goes back to the conversation of the state of affairs in our economy in 2023, that there is going to be an emphasis on customer loyalty. And we can no longer afford to invest in growth at all costs. And we have to start to consolidate our strategies and we need to leverage the first party data that we do have. Um, and I think like the other kind of trend that we'll start to see in 2023 is, well, I think like ChatGPT has opened the door for a lot of what we can do with AI. Um, in fact, our CEO posted a pretty cool feature where you can use AI to generate images within an email. Um, but uh, I think what we'll start to see is more AI being embedded into existing solutions to help us like make some of those uh, in guess, estim- educated guesses about our customers, um, and and what their preference are. So if you're struggling to figure out how to capture first party data, that's when you might call somebody up like Laura and her team to see like where how what do you, how do I incent my customers? What do you think would work to be engaging enough to get this data? Since third-party data has to sashay away.
0: Mm, sashay, girl, sashay. Yeah, I, I love what you talked about with the, the two-way communication. We really think of it as that value exchange. So like you said, customers, you know, we're, we're customers. We expect it. It's like, yeah, I'm giving you this information, but I can I can kind of tell if I'm still just getting the same thing as everybody else or the dreaded, like, dear customer salutation. It's like, good grief. Can you at least use my name? Um, I mean, that's the bare minimum, but we're talking about, you know, further yes. personalization down the road with that. But how can we get that value exchange? Is it, you know, we've talked about, is it like a freemium type thing? Is it early access? It doesn't have to be dollars off. I think that's kind of where everybody goes of like, well, I can't offer somebody a discount Um, I can't, I can't give them that. It can be, well, you get early access to this or you get special access to something else. Like there are, there are ways to do it. You think about how you, you have those value exchanges in your own life. And also when we're talking about why this data is important, it's exactly what you were saying, Jordan. It's to fuel that personalization, even like the chat GPT, that is data driven, They had to have data to be able to produce those. So data is really where it all drives from. Um, And so you need to be collecting that from your customers and they're expecting it to be collected. If you want, we can't, I won't go down the rabbit hole of consent and GDPR and all of that stuff. Cause really the biggest thing is just be transparent. And if somebody says, get rid of my data, get rid of it. That's really Mm -hmm. all it boils down to Uh, asterisk. I, nor love, we are not your lawyers. Please consult your, <laughs> your, your legal team. But that's really what it comes down to. is just being transparent. Don't be shady with the data. Um, and and the first party data will serve you well. That first party data, Shantae you stay for life.
1: For, for life. And <laughs> the whole point of capturing this data to learn more about your customers and to build loyalty with your customers is so that you then can encourage more authentic interactions and experiences. So the transparency serves you to build trust with your customer. And that, our, our, the millennial generation, Generation Z even more so, is demanding an authentic interaction with a company that also has some sort of corporate responsibility. So I think another trend that we've been talking about in 2023 is more authentic branding and corporate responsibility. There was actually a HubSpot survey that came out that said 50% of Gen Zers and 40% of millennials want companies to take a stance on social issues, racial justice, LGBTQ plus rights, gender equality, climate change. And that's not necessarily just companies that they want to transact with, that they want to purchase from, but also companies they want to work for. So now we're realizing like being authentic being responsible with data taking taking action on some of these social issues is also going to be critical to attracting the right talent to your organization and what's out is fake campaigns i just just like laura you were saying just like we see sometimes in emails dear valued customer we can also tell when a marketing campaign feels disingenuous some folks um, might call this greenwashing in the in the world of climate change, like if a company is trying to appear to be green but really doesn't have any measurable commitments for how they uh, plan to impact climate change, we as consumers are getting a lot smarter and your talent's getting a lot smarter. So you can't just make the commitment to awareness without any measurable commitments and expect the same influence, especially the other thing is we're becoming um, – very focused on influencer marketing and de-influencer marketing and trying to look for folks to tell us who are the brands that we can trust um, and what is this experience really like um, outside of the marketing.
0: Yeah, and even those influencers are not immune to being found out, right? Like it goes beyond Mm -hmm. the like hashtag ad or hashtag not an ad, but you know, people deep dive on them too. Um, so it it can be very tricky. And really, it's the idea of like, if you always tell the truth, you don't have to keep up with your lies. It's Like if you're just genuine, and you're like backing up what you're doing, then you don't, you don't have to try to cover it up. Right. And if, and if you're not at that place where you're ready to make that commitment, either from like a structural or a financial standpoint, or it's just something that your company is not prioritizing right now. I think the better route is to just not try to shout it from the rooftops or get on the bandwagon if you're not really ready to do that. Maybe just looking at like, you know, how can I, be an ally, even if I'm not leading in the space. Like, that's okay, too. We don't want anybody to freak out and say, like, I'm not prepared to take this on. Like, we don't want to be fake. We don't want to do it. That's okay. But just don't. I'm thinking about when people call out companies who, you know, they change their logo in June to be rainbow colors. And they're like, that's real cute. What are you doing? So just don't change your logo. If you're not really doing anything, like that's okay. You'd rather be just kind of taking a back seat on this one. That's all right. Um, I mean, if it's, if it's not something that you can focus your efforts on right now, because you don't, you don't want to fake it. This is not a fake it till you make it. I say that a lot, but like in this case, you (laughs) know, you gotta make sure that, that you're ready to really commit.
1: I think it goes back to our other topics too, that you can't just rinse and repeat or copy copy what everyone else is doing. And you, and you shouldn't do all of those things. You should figure out which one of these corporate social, like where does your organizational values fit? Where do they fit amongst these topics? And like, where could you genuinely make an impact versus seeing what the competition is doing and replicating it? right like you really under have to understand like who is your customer what do they want and who are you as a company um because this the the business of just doing what we've always done and keeping one step behind competition just it's not going to cut it anymore
0: yeah and i think some of those things will just naturally illuminate themselves within your company i think of of lev as a prime example of you know our our senior leadership team is i don't know majority female at this point i think for a moment it was all female and now you know it's it's majority and that's not not to say there wasn't effort put behind that but it's just how our company came together and how our leadership team came together i personally loved hearing that when I was interviewing at Love back in the day. I love being a part of that as a a woman in consulting, but it just happened. And so if if you have something like that in your company, then, you know, tell that and, you know, talk about how that came to be and how that's a reflection of your culture and your values, but it doesn't have to be forced. It can just be something that, that is inherently happening within your company and that will make it feel genuine for sure.
1: So authentic branding, corporate responsibility, Shantae you stay, disingenuous campaigns, greenwashing, pride washing, sache away. All the way away.
0: <laughs> um you know we kind of talked I, I put in a little plug for love there because I just I just love our our women in leadership. And we did talk about it is women women's history month right so like jordan and i are representing on this podcast this month for that (laughs) um i think when, when we're talking about all of this and like you know who you work with, who you decide to have as part of your team, when you're trying to figure out what's in, what's out, what do I prioritize in 2023 and beyond. The biggest thing for us is really just finding that strategic partner who is going to be along for the ride with you, who is going to support you and have your back when you have to kind of make those scary Maybe a little bit risky decisions. Have someone who's been there, done that, can help you um, to do those things because they're they're gonna have to be done. Again, all of the things that we said had to stash away. You've got to get rid of that thinking, and you have to do some new things, and that's scary. So, if you have a partner who can help you with that, that's going to be huge. And along with that it's probably going to come some sort of consolidation in partnerships. That's one thing that we kind of see is sashing away is the idea that everything has to be siloed. Everything has to, you know, be completely different groups. um, And that, you know, there's, there's not going to be any kind of cross um, training or um, skills available for you. Now that's not to say you know, it, it's kind of the idea of like jack of all trades, master of none. It's not to say, oh, everybody just has to have one singular partner that you're working with. That's not necessarily going to be feasible either. But just as we're talking about budgets are getting tighter, your teams are getting smaller, and it's harder to manage all of these different vendors, think about how you can consolidate, how you can maybe even enable your team to take on some of those things in house. I know one of those things I love about Lev is that we are very teach to fish and we don't want to just help you stand up a piece of MarTech or implement a new strategy and then be like, oh, bye, like, good luck. Hope you have fun, you know, (laughs) making this sustainable and scalable. Um, We really want to enable our client partners to take that on. And I think those those are some of those considerations when you're thinking about how do I do things differently in 2023 and beyond versus what I've done in the past. Those are some of the things that we think should shantay you stay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's well said. It, um, and I don't think, I think too, it's like, I think you're, we're moving away from having specialized partners in several different places and looking for a partner who has a more nuanced view of all all of the, the goals of your, or your whole organization and where we fit in within those goals so we 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 know salesforce platforms very well but we are much more than a salesforce consultancy and we see ourselves as um martech experts who have a pulse on what's going on in the industry and what's going on with 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 uh marketing trends um and we understand that not everybody's going to have the luxuries that we've seen it, you know, in the past few years of having several specialized partners. And so a part of this is out of need too, to consolidate the vendors, consolidate your technology so you have less to manage long-term. Um, just find, find places where you can integrate where you can um, and look for a partner who's willing to understand your business goals outside of just one technology and also who can enable you to own thing, own your technology long-term so that you can uh, focus on strategy instead of tactical execution. I, I think like it's interesting because right now where we're headed into a really tough economy and we have a tough economy two steps after the pandemic, the customer expectations are higher than ever. So that's why a lot of, I think our advice here is to is to work smarter not harder because you have limited resources with high customer expectations. So that's yeah. that is it. I think kind of the summary here, you know, over everything that we've talked about find somebody who you can partner with who understands your full business and the full scope of your goals integrate places where you can Test often, make hypotheses, and and don't be afraid to test those hypotheses. Sometimes we assume something has worked like it's always worked, but it's super critical to continue to test and make sure that that's the case and be open to change. Um, And then combine your data science with the human touch. Um, Data-driven marketing isn't always perfect. Sometimes we think data is telling us something, um, but the the real answer is in the customer experience and, and what they're feeling and what their sentiments are. In in working with us,
0: yeah, I'm thinking another thing that's kind of coming out of this that that we try to do as consultants too is just trust your gut. I think we I think we let that go a lot when you were talking about data. It made me think of that. Of like, well, the data is telling me this, but if you you know your business you know your customers. If you're seeing something and you're like, oh, my gut's just telling me that's not right. Or if you started your, your strategic planning for the year and you're just going down one path and you're like, oh, my gut is just telling me this is not the right path. Even though sometimes it's scary to change, it can it can be what you need to do a lot of the time, right? Because the other alternative is Going down a path that is not right and is not going to get that ROI or or whatever it is your success metric is. So, I think also just remembering to trust your gut, talk it out (laughs) with someone, whether that's your consulting partner, whether that's another coworker at the office, just say, Am I nuts? I, I can't tell you how many Slack conversations I start with, gut check or keep me honest, because especially if you're a remote worker, let me tell you, you don't get, you don't get to bounce that, those ideas off of people as much. And so I think that's another thing that we've kind of, at this point in time, gotten used to kind of being isolated and being like, feeling like it's all on you and you have to do all of this, but you've got your team around you. So lean on them, trust your gut. And I think we're all going to, uh, a good 2023. I'm knocking on wood. I'm not jinxing anything. I'm not. That's not what's happening. <laughs>
1: yeah. Put your hair poof in. Go get your claw. Your claw clips. <laughs> Wear as many gauchos as you as your heart desires. Oh God. We didn't even talk about gauchos. I
0: can't. I can't. Like it just give me my skinny leg. You know, um, my skinny leg jeans or my skinny leg leggings, and just let me be.
1: Like they're, they're not even called gauchos anymore. They're called like like, flowing cropped yoga pants or something like That's this. That's silly. <laughs> it's a gaucho. It's a gaucho. Rewatch never been kissed. It's a gaucho pant
0: and it was on sale.
1: Okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll close this out. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Level Up. Looking to continue to level up your knowledge of the latest news, technology, and marketing trends affecting marketers day to day? Stay tuned for future episodes of Level Up with new episodes coming out every other Thursday on Spotify and Apple Music. Until next time, thank you for leveling up your marketing knowledge with us.